This is a Podcast Now production. I drank some mouthwash. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really, and I got into my car to drive across the island to take one for the team. And I got to his office fully prepared <laughs> to record a podcast. Everybody, come on, move on. <laughs> Fully Prepared with Andy King. You can talk yourself out of anything. Like, I'm sure if Body was never released and we were just listening to it right now, we could have, like, found a way to talk ourselves out of it, you know? Oh, maybe this, you want to ride in the sixth lyric is kind of cheesy, or, oh, this part's kind of silly, you know? But sometimes you just have to go for it. And the chain smokers are about to come up and they're about to ask me to come up on stage. And I said to one of my assistants, you gotta get me out of here. Like, I cannot go on oh stage. I can barely fucking walk. I can't talk. So we ended up driving like five or six hours in the middle of a blizzard. Thankfully, I was so tired that I was asleep for like literally 90% of the car ride. But like literally our tour manager was in the front seat being like, we're so lucky we didn't die because there was people legitimately like in front of us, like spinning out on the highway fucking email yesterday oh we met with the board and and every it's it was a consensus amongst everybody that because of your affiliation with fire festival you'd be bad pr for our organization you know we got to make it the biggest thing ever so rather than just having a ram dj we're gonna have loud luxury come dj your sweet 16 and it's a very interesting crowd to play for because 16 year olds they don't really care about our music, maybe aside from one or two songs. They just want to hear, you know, like Olivia Rodrigo or someone like that. So we, I remember we were just like, this is ridiculous. But then we were just remembering, you know, they took really good care of us. You know, they paid for our flights there and treated us so well. So we're like, let's just have some fun with it instead of taking it seriously. I'm, I'm really sad we never got to perform at a Firefest. Oh my gosh. Well, guys, I am psyched to have you as guests on my podcast, Fully Prepared. Don't you love that title? Dude. Yeah, God. I love the fact that we're doing this today. <laughs> okay, me. Ever since our, our first live stream. Oh, my word. I'm telling you. Well, I'm psyched to have Andrew and Joe, formerly known as Loud Luxury, my favorite DJs. We had the pleasure of getting <laughs> to know each other with room service. Our little, I mean, our, our little virtual music festival during COVID, which I think was quite a what success. What a time that was. Holy smokes. And I mean, talking about- I mean, you killed it. Oh, you guys. It was crazy because my manager at the time was like, okay, Andy, listen, I think it's a good idea that you change your clothes for every scene. And I'm like, are you shitting me? So I literally, I'd say to my partner, what was I wearing when I introduced um, Clean Bandit? Craig would go, oh, you had on like that purple sweater. And I'm like, run upstairs, put on the purple sweater. You know, I'd say- Good job, clean bandit. And then I'm running down. I'm like, oh my God, hoodie with a boogie or boogie with a hoodie, whoever's about to come on. I got to change my clothes. I mean, <laughs> all I did for like four days was change my clothes, but um, it, it was a lot of fun. But it was a got, weird time. Wasn't it? I mean, what yeah. did you guys do? May 2020 was such a weird time. I don't, I think we were all in, we weren't sure where the world was going to be going. I'm not sure we still now do either, but I mean, yeah, it was strange. Like, we were not drinking. 
because we weren't like touring or like doing anything. So like leading pretty like sober lifestyle um, and just completely stressed out every day. Oh, I tell you the one saving grace, um, Craig, my partner and I gathered up pallets from behind supermarkets, loaded them into the back of the cars and built this like 100 foot long fence by 30 foot. And we built the biggest vegetable garden. And then we had an old tiki bar behind one of our garages. We dragged it out to the end of the driveway. <laughs> and I painted a fucking sign that said the tiki bar farm stand. And every day we'd like sell a couple zucchinis, some onions, a tomato, some squash. We had, <laughs> you know, and we literally like some days we made That's 10 amazing. bucks. With that. And we did it for like six months. I mean, people are like, meanwhile. Did you like, have hot peppers though? Oh, we had hot peppers. Craig is all into the hot I love sauce. That. Do you guys do you are you guys into the heat as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know Truff? Yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah, my. of course. Yes. Love Truff. So good. Craig puts Truff on fucking everything. I mean, I'm not the hot sauce guy, so <laughs> but I'm like, oh my word, I can smell it every time you come yeah. in the kitchen. Pretty amazing. Well, you guys, so getting through COVID, obviously, what a nightmare. And now coming out of it. I loved reading about the fact that you bailed out Adele. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wanted to go to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. I don't know. I've, um, it's controversial for me a little bit because her mu music depresses me a little. So I'm not the biggest. I love you guys because you make me smile, but I like music that makes me smile, you know? Uh, but... Obviously, Vegas. I mean, this is, is this about to become your new home? Is this what's happening? Well, firstly, the biggest it's been question our is when are you coming to a, a Vegas show? Oh, wait, Joey, say it again. I said, firstly, the biggest question is when are you coming to a Vegas show? Oh, my God. Don't you worry. Craig and I are going to book a flight. We've got to do that for sure. Absolutely. Well, you let us you know when. To. All right, cool. And yeah. uh, so, what's your what's your schedule? Because you guys are just starting a tour now, right? Yeah. Um, well, Vegas has been something that we've been working on for quite a bit. We actually we started playing with Hakkasan Group back in 2018. What ended up happening was we've been friends with Tiesto for a few years, released some stuff on his label, and he's supported us very generously. And he basically went to the Hakkasan guys, and he was like, "These guys are the next big thing. Like, you should start booking them." So then suddenly we're playing in Las Vegas, you know, we're going from like DJing in frat basements and all this stuff when we started off to we're in Las Vegas on the strip at the biggest clubs in the world, you know, international reputed sort of like venues. And we're like, holy shit, we need to adapt. We need to learn how the Vegas game works, how this all happens. And, you know, fast forward, it's been basically three years since that. And we've become very, very comfortable in Vegas and learned how to play that game. How do you play the game? Um, well, our Vegas sets are a little bit different. Um, they're a little bit more commercial than what we would like normally do kind of like in like a club or, um, but it, it kind of, it, it's sort of like suits everybody. I think you would really enjoy the Vegas sets. Okay. I think you would come out and you would have literally the time of your life. And is it, a, is it the, yeah. it's not well, you got to understand. Yeah. It's, well, it's not the same because what you have to understand is people come from all over the world to Las Vegas and not everyone is necessarily a connoisseur of music. There are some people that are, but a lot of people are just there, you know, to party. So you need to give an experience that relates to everyone. So we're always looking for songs, you know, that maybe out of nowhere 
like the Adele song, it's like, whoa, that's an interesting edit of that. You know, we dig really deep in the catalog. We'll even find like an old Journey song or Bon Jovi and just find interesting ways to edit that in a DJ format that fits into what we do. And that's really important because you just want to get the party going and you can't assume that everyone's going to know every single song you play. So you have to find ways to reach them and connect with them. And is it, it, but it has to be somewhat different from like your performance with the EDC, right? Um, yeah. Cause like, I mean, also too, for performances like that, they're very uh, set in terms of how long we can play. Like it's like, we'll go on and then somebody will be on after us. And then, so there's like a very finite amount of time that we can perform. So like whenever we're doing the sets for like big festivals or anything like that, um, we're very mindful like of actually what we're playing and like how long we're playing for. Whereas in Vegas, it's like, if it's a good night and it's busy and slammed, like we can play for, I don't know, three hours, three and a half hours. Like sometimes it gets pretty late. Like that's the thing. So we'll, we'll just go and kind of feel it out and have fun. What do you think's the coolest gig you guys have ever done? We've done like Tomorrowland. Yeah. We've done EDC. My most favorite ones that we've done were the Lollapalooza ones. Cause we actually got to travel a lot. So we were doing like South America, um, we did a lot of Europe, like we were in Paris, Germany. Um, we did Sweden. Uh, we got to be in Sweden when it was like uh, the summertime. So literally the sun just kind of went like this, like stayed up, like touched down for one second and then came back up. So it was like pretty much like the daytime for the whole day. Wow. That's pretty cool. I definitely remember our strangest gig. And our strangest gig would probably be DJing the Sweet 16 birthday of the daughter of this uber rich guy in insurance. And, you know, for them, I just feel like it's like, you know, we got to make it the biggest thing ever. So rather than just having a random DJ, we're going to have Loud Luxury come DJ your Sweet 16. And it's a very interesting crowd to play for because 16-year-olds, they don't really care about our music, maybe aside from one or two songs. They just want to hear, you know, like... Olivia Rodrigo or someone like that. So we, I remember we were just like, this is ridiculous. But then we were just remembering, you know, they took really good care of us. You know, they paid for our flights there and treated us so well. So we're like, let's just have some fun with it instead of taking it seriously. I'm, I'm really sad we never got to perform at a Firefest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the, 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 P, the PTSD. Do you realize, guys, like, literally, like, last week I met with the head of an head of an organization here in Charleston that helps with PTSD for veterans and it's a surfing program it's very very cool and so i'm having my partner are having dinner with the director of the charity and on and on and like halfway through the dinner she's kind of looking at me weirdly you know and then she's like what's in this for you you know i'm like where the fuck are you coming from what is going on i get an email from her last night meanwhile i'm like hey What's your goal? To re- they want to do a fundraiser. What's your goal? Well, we made $30,000 last year. I said, all right, I'll get you 100 grand. What? Oh, my God. Would you like Bill Murray? It's a golf tournament. Would you like Bill Murray? Oh, my God, that'd be great. I could probably get Darius Rucker to perform because he's in Charleston. Oh, my God, this will be amazing. Okay, great. I got a fucking email yesterday. Oh, we met with the board, and, and every, it's, it was a consensus amongst everybody that because of your affiliation with fire festival, you'd be bad PR for our organization. Really? I mean, <laughs> do they know real? who you are? <laughs> do they know who you are? <laughs> clearly, clearly not. Yeah. 
They need to watch the documentary and understand the guy that, that if like, anything, you're a it. team player. It's it. I'm yeah. like, what goes on? Like, I'm the guy that'll do anything to save anybody. It's like, what do you mean you're, yeah. you won't even let me yeah. volunteer for your stupid charity? I'm like, boy, you guys are going to regret this one. Absolutely. And I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud, but I don't care. I'm like, you know what? Come uh, I'm on. Sorry you had to, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Sounds like something I, um, a little bit more education. I grew up in a suburb. Yeah. I grew up in a suburb that was very much, um, you know, driven by immigration coming from like the Philippines, Italy, Croatia, you know, much more in the 70s. So the first time I ever met, um, you know, someone of Jewish descent was actually our manager when we started working together because I just didn't grow up around that. It wasn't really like New York City. It was just a suburb. And he taught me a word for you. And it's the word mensch, someone that will do anyone for anything in any situation. And I feel like you perfectly, perfectly represent that. So if anything, this charity should be thrilled to be working with someone like you. You would, you would think so. Oh my God. Well, you, when you bring up, so the sweet 16 party, this is like my, my living nightmare. I used to do all the events at studio 54. It's probably before you guys were born. Oh my God. Um, and so oh, but we, we, we definitely know of it. <laughs> oh, that's my. legendary. Yeah. And so literally cabaret was performing at studio 54 and it would end at 10 Oh nine at night. And it was a hot place for people to book for bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, bas mitzvahs, bas mitzvahs, however you say it. And so I get the call, Andy, hey, uh, they want to spend a couple hundred grand. It's their daughter's bat mitzvah. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm in, you know. But they want, um, uh, who do they want to perform? Good old, hmm? Now, God, oh, this is, I did Paris Hilton's birthday party there, too. That was a whole nother nightmare. But Who's the poor performer, you know, and she had too much to drink or whatever. Um, I want to keep wanting to say Lindsay, but um, I'm just losing my mind. But I had to get a lookalike who we paid 50 grand, um, Britney Spears. And we literally paid her lookalike 50 grand who got up there. Because you probably guys remember when she got caught like mouthing and not really singing for so many of her performances. Oh, lip syncing. Lip syncing. And oh, my word. And I had to get like a hundred actors to pretend they were pretend they were paparazzis to stand outside and take her picture and on and on and on create this huge buzz. She came out on stage. She sang like four songs. She was gone. No one ever fucking knew that she wasn't real Britney Spears. Nobody figured it out, but this, you know, this Jewish couple paid like 58 wow. grand for a fake to come and perform. But like, did they know it was a fake? No, nobody ever knew. <laughs> She was, she was in, That's she nuts. performed, and she was out. No one ever knew it wasn't the real Britney Spears. I love how it's a casual 200K for a Sweet 16. Don't you love that? Jeepers. Unbelievable. Yeah, but any DJ or artist will tell you, any DJ or artist will tell you, hands down, the best paying gigs of your life are always bar and bot mitzvahs. Hands down. Hands down. It is pretty. It is because pretty crazy. it only happens once, and I feel like the parents they they like kind of have this soccer mom energy where they just want it to be the best possible thing ever for their child, you know. And no expense is spared. They want the party to literally seem like it's like Tomorrowland. And any DJ will tell you that's always the best paying gig of their career. All right, you guys. But with that, but like, how do you like? For me, I get up on stage and I talk to thousands of people about failure and. You know, how do you embrace failure and on and on? And 
And sometimes I just get the white elephant out of the room and I just say, listen, you know, we, we get the blowjob piece done and everybody takes a deep breath, they all laugh, and then I engage the audience. How do you guys, like, handle it when you're just not vibing with your audience? Doesn't it just drain um, you? What do you do? It, it, you know what? It actually does. Um, there's a show that we played, and I'm not going to say who the artist was or uh, – what exactly was around it, but it was definitely different uh, spheres of music. And we were performing before them. And literally that was the only show we've ever played where it was legitimately like, people were in the front row being like, boo, like, fuck you. Like literally just like, like the entire time, I, I swear it was one of those things where I was looking at my watch being like, Oh. oh my god when okay how much more time is there like oh my god we're done and then it's like we got off and i was just like i just like had to like let out a sigh i was just like oh my god that was intense like that we've never had that type of experience before where it was just like the fans were definitely not there for us they were for the other artists and you, you it was very apparent oh god painful yeah. painful in that situation, we do what we would do in any situation, whether it be a canceled flight, you know, a delayed connection. We just take a shot. <laughs> you just take a shot. Okay, I love it. You just gotta, you just That's gotta it. make it work. That's all like, you, do. you You understand it. You get it. Like you, you just kind of like do what you have like in front of you. Like this is the hand I'm dealt. Like just gotta like either do or die. In in some circumstances, like for instance, this past weekend. Um, uh -oh. We got very fucked because we had three shows. Uh, we did, um, it was started off in Vegas, then we went to New York, and then we were ending off in Miami. And what happened was New York got pummeled with like one of the worst blizzards ever. Yeah. And, and literally like, as we got into New York, we're like, all of our flights are canceled tomorrow. We're like, what in the hell do we do? And like, the thing is, it's like in that type of situation, it's like, it's not we were just like playing like a small show or something like that, where it's like, oh, you know what, we can like reschedule it and it'll be fine. It was like, no, this weekend we played Vegas at Hakusan, then we played at uh, Marquee in New York, uh, and then Live in Miami, and like Live's a big deal. Like, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's crazy. Absolutely. So it's not one of those shows that you can just like, kind of, you know, oh, we're going to do it next week. So we ended up having to basically divert. Um, we booked a new flight. We had to find a driver that could drive us to DC from New York. Uh, so we ended up driving like five or six hours in the middle of a blizzard. Thankfully, I was so tired that I was asleep for like literally 90% of the car ride. But like literally our tour manager was in the front seat being like, we we're so lucky we didn't die because there was people legitimately like in front of us, like spinning out on the highway and like, just I, I, that type of stuff. I'm like, thank God I was out for it. Like, thank God. Unbelievable. Those are stories. Holy smokes. Well, you know, speaking of like endurance, you guys are pretty like active on stage. I mean, do you work out? Do you like? I try to. Yeah. <laughs> the calories burned. The calories burned on stage is immense. Yeah. I think, I, Joe, you have an Apple Watch, right? Like what, what are the calories normally coming in at? I think I burned uh, 1,500 calories the other night at, my, at our show in Miami. Holy smokes. I mean, I, I'm just crazy like that. Like, I'm, I'm bouncing around the entire time. I'm just, like, I'm going nuts. You'll see when, when you come to our Vegas show. But, like, it's, 
Yeah, you, we're basically like shitty athletes. Like we're really shitty athletes. Like we, I try to stay in shape. Like it's one of those things where it's like because of how demanding touring is and like traveling all the time and stuff like that. Like you have to be in like somewhat good shape. Yeah, and do you? Yeah. Um, you guys probably know the story, but shortly, it was after Fire came out and the documentary and I was in Miami at a meeting and my team is like, Andy, it's ultra. They're expecting you to come and you got to go make an appearance. And, um, I was like, Oh my God. So I said, all right guys, like what do kids do today? Like, I'm not like, I don't know, but you know, I'm kind of testing my staff and they're like, well, you know, you should probably take a Molly. I'm like, all right, give me one. I'll let me, let me try this out. You know? <laughs> Great. Yeah. And I said like, what else? They rolled me a big fatty. Okay. I'm like, I'm so fucking stoned, I can't even walk. And then I'm like, and then, of course, I have my cocktails, you know. So I get to Ultra. It's a disaster. You guys remember it was 2019, I guess. And, like, the stages were too far apart. Yeah. And all the porta-potties are backed up. The lines are 5,000 people long to get a fucking bad beer. I mean, it was just like, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Andy King's here. He's obviously producing this. Good job. I'm like, no, you know, but I couldn't talk very well. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not producing <laughs> this. This is not me, you know. And, of course, everybody wanted a selfie and a video. And, and the chain smokers are about to come up, and they're about to ask me to come up on stage. And I said to one of my assistants, you got to get me out of here. Like, I cannot go on oh stage. I can barely fucking walk. I can't talk. I mean, like, this is all hitting me, you know. And they somehow got me out. And, of course, one of my assistants got me onto a bus because it was the only way to get off. You heard, like, no one could even get out of Ultra. But there was a yeah. bus leaving, and I crawled yeah. to the back of the bus. And then, of course, my poor partner's on, on the bus. He's like, Andy, everybody's figured out who you are, and they just want to talk to you. I'm like please don't let them come to the back of this bus. Like, I just want to put a paper bag over my head. I was like, but as, as, <laughs> as performers, like, what's your balance? Like, I know for me, you know, if I'm about to embark on something pretty nerve wracking, I definitely have a drink or two and it just kind of gets me cooled down and on my way. What's your secret? What makes you guys tick yeah. on um, stage? Well, what's definitely lucky for us definitely not on is that, that we actually... <laughs> Yeah, we, we got really lucky because we met going to college together. And so we were DJing in college, just at like the random bar, you know, pro probably you have one right in your head that we used to DJ at, at like your local college campus. You know, we were doing that. So by the time push came to shove and it was like, okay, it's time to tour. We were already, you know, I guess uh tempered from all this time just in college partying and hanging with friends so now we treat it pretty professionally we definitely enjoy the odd drink but it's all about balance we're there to do a job we're there to throw an amazing show and that's where our focus is and the partying comes after oh, i love it i love it joe how about you i mean well I, we, we enjoy tequila oh you do okay yeah okay. Right. We, we still like to call fun. it night water. We still have fun. We like to call but it night it's water. Different. <laughs> night water, not day water. <laughs> night water. Night water. All right. Well, yeah. I may be. I mean, a, it can be I day be, water, depending on what when you're drinking it. Yeah, I may be a part of a of a new tequila brand that, that's being launched, and uh, Mark Wahlberg is the face. Um, it's called Fletcha Azul. Really? Um, I think it's being sold in California now. Just about really? to come to South Carolina. I think it's in Florida. 
they had like a pre-order. So the company's based in Dallas or based in Texas. And uh, young guy is a founder, cool guy. And um, they have like pre-order of like almost 100,000 cases. So they're, I think they're going to give Casamigos a run for their money. But um, kind of cool stuff. I mean, so. well, we'll definitely buy one and support. Okay, good. Well, when I... If, yeah. What about come... water companies? Oh, my word. Do you remember, like, I did this... Are you involved in any water companies? Well, um, you know, I do a little work with Evian, and um, obviously my was my water of choice. Um, and I was hoping to kind of nurture that into something bigger, um, but we didn't quite get there. And a lot of it is that, obviously, I... I because of my sustainability ethos with events, trying to make them as close to zero waste as possible. I don't use plastic water bottles and I don't, you know, so there's a few issues there with Evian that we were, but I'm like, hey, I can promote all the cool shit you guys are doing, but um, no, no water, no water companies at the moment. Interesting. Yeah. Have water, you ever heard of Flow? Flow, yes. Who's behind Flow? It's their Canadian company, but they're like the Tetra Pak. So it kind of yeah. like goes in line with what you were saying in terms of like the sustainability and, and stuff like that. It's all like recyclable and everything like. Oh, that's right. Okay. It's kind of like um, Jaden Box Smith. Water. Yeah. J Jaden Smith's Box Water, right? Yeah. And then um, we've got. Kind of. Kind of like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. I need to I need to look into flow a little bit more because. I do still need to serve water, obviously, at all my events, and I, I don't need to give blowjobs to get it, obviously. I think we, gotta, <laughs> yeah. we just have to find some legit. I, I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, I could see the commercials for it now. Flow water, so good you'll do anything for it. Boom. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. After Fire as well, I was on a panel with the director of marketing, Todd Kaplan, from Pepsi. And um, he's a pretty cool guy. And Pepsi actually spends a lot of money every year on their sustainability initiatives, but no one really knows about it. Um, and he's like, hey, Andy, you know, would you ever consider like hosting a halftime show at the Super Bowl? And I'm, I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm like, and of course, my assistant's like kicking me going, Andy, what are you like? That's a million bucks. Why would you ever turn that down? I'm like, well, because uh -huh. the Super Bowl is so wasteful. Can't you make it a little less wasteful? So they're, work, they're working on that now. But I'm not allowed to lead with sustainability with anything I'm doing. It's supposed to be only like 10 or 20% of what I do because I don't want to scare the world. But we are the planet is falling apart around us, as we know. Holy smokes. So you guys, so with Vegas, what, what, is, what is the schedule like? Like you were saying, Joe, I mean, are you – are you, is it a one shot deal each night or are you guys really rocking? No. Oh boy. Oh my God. We're there literally every week. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure like right now it's something like 30 shows, 30 plus shows. I, I don't really know, but it kind of like equals out to essentially being like once a week. Like right, right now we're kind of rotating between Hakkasan and Omnia. And, okay. uh, and then in March we're going to be doing uh, Wet Republic. Because uh, obviously, like the pool parties, and it's like once the weather gets a little bit warmer, and then um, because of the merger with Tau, there's a, a few other venues that we're kind of uh, looking at exploring playing as well. So, but the majority of what we're doing is going to be at Hakkasan and Omnia. Oh my god! And what I love about Vegas, I don't know if you guys, the sets are amazing, right? Like 
for EDC. I mean, what were you like the cat behind you? Was it a cat? No, an owl. What was it behind yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, ED, EDC I've heard, and I don't know if this is hundred percent true. So if insomniacs listening, don't quote me, but I've heard that they invest as much money into the artist side of things as they do the actual art installation side. Like they want that to be a marquee thing that you come for when you go to EDC, you know, all the crazy art and the setting. It feels like you're in a parallel universe. It also feels like you're on a crazy acid trip in all honesty. (laughs) Well, what was it like jumping down off the stage? And were you jumping down onto a mattress? (laughs) I wish. No, no, No. it gets, it gets pretty treacherous sometimes. Um, I mean, we did this one. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, it was with Insomniac um, for Halloween, where they basically had this like giant Grim Reaper behind us, but they had the arms, like these arms that came out like this on like this pulley system. And there's flames going up in front of us the entire time. And basically, they were like moving because we were going so crazy that they were moving the arms so much that they actually like burnt the lines on the pulleys. Oh. They like had burnt them. So they, they were like, we used it so much during your set that we actually broke it and we can't use it for the rest of the weekend. Oh my God. Sheepers. <laughs> yeah. If you go, if you go look at videos, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it was crazy. <laughs> oh my yeah. word. Well, that all brings... of that's different from, all of that's different from our actual Vegas residency. So that's all stuff that Insomniac runs, which is one of the main promoters, if not like the biggest for electronic music on the West Coast. And they've just started expanding the East Coast. And they've basically been with us from the jump. You know, they run shows in LA, SoCal. And then in Vegas, you have Hakkasan Group, Tau Group, and they own and operate most of the clubs that we play in. Now, the deal that we sign with them is basically like, you know, here's X amount of shows for the year. You come, you play, you can only play at our club. You know, and you kind of get the same fee every time you play because it's, there's always a different crowd in Vegas every single weekend. So you can come back and go this Friday, okay, Saturday after, Friday after that, because every time it's a completely different crowd. And I had no idea, but this actually turned out to be a complete blessing in disguise with COVID. And the reason why is because, as you see, every city is still driving with their parking brake on. You know, they're open and then they're closed and they're not doing shows. So a lot of our musician friends aren't really playing shows right now because it's so shaky. But the one consistency throughout this has been Vegas. They've been a rock because they won't shut down for anything. I was actually shocked in 2020 when there was that part of the pandemic where they turned off the slot machines and closed the casino floors because I honestly didn't think they would close for anything. So through all we were in in Vegas that every week we've just been able to do it. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We were actually when when the pandemic happened. We were sort of chasing it. Like we got to Miami and we were supposed to play it like sold out night at story. And then it was like the governor like made a statement. Oh, Miami shut down. Like nothing's happening. We're like, what the fuck? Oh my God. And then we're like, all right, well, you know, Vegas should be still fine. Like we will be all right. Like this is getting pretty crazy, but like, you know, like Vegas won't shut down for anything. We get the next day, literally as we land, it's like radio silence from everybody. We're like, what the hell is going on? And we get to the hotel room and that's when Trump gave a speech being like, yep, the country's shut down. Like oh. everybody's done. And then I was just like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh my God, Vegas is shut down. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. We literally just got on like first, like first flight back to LA. I was like, get me out. Oh, you guys are lucky. I remember we were, Craig and I were in Florida and then we came up to Charleston and 
all the shit started to hit the fan a little bit, but we're like, you know what? We had to get to New York because I was hosting an empowered women African event and something very, very cool. And the people I was, you know, high level board members like calling, are you still going to the event? I'm like, absolutely. I'm, and they're like, okay, well, we're not, but thank you for going. I'm like, call the next guy. No, 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 I'm not. I've said, Jesus, what's going on? You know, we get there, we're like in a tight space. And of course, everybody's flooding me with pictures and on and on. And then people start coughing and Craig's like, Andy, these people, they will not oh stop coughing. Like, that was it. Like, it was the last event we went to. It was like March 11th or something. I was like, we headed to the farm and like didn't go back to the city for about six or eight months. But on that topic, guys, like we don't need to like talk depressing like Travis Scott, but you know, for me as like a producer, when shit is going wrong right now with a lot of these big festivals or concerts, you know the situation. Like there's not enough fucking security. There's not enough volunteers. There's not enough yeah. safety barriers. There's not enough crowd control. Do you guys like feel that a little bit when you're performing going, wow, like... Uh, oh, yeah. hundred percent. Like if I, I, I don't, I don't give a flying fuck. Like if we're p- performing and I see something is going on, like if I see something is wrong, I'll, I'll just like call it out immediately. Like I don't even care. I'll stop the music and be like, stop that shit. Like whatever's happening. Or if like, you know what I mean? Like if something's like seriously not, not going well, then like I, I would stop the music. I would shut the show down. I don't care. Good for you, Joe. I love that. Yeah. We kind of, for our Vegas shows, you know, those are, those are much much better organized so there's not really those logistical problems but you know you'll sometimes even see in like the crowd like a girl's like uncomfortable because like a guy's kind of being weird with her and if we see that sometimes i'll just like hold up a sign like hey can i come in the booth with you guys or like kind of like give you a wave and we'll just wave them in and be like hey like just like come in the dj booth for a bit so you can like just get away from like these weird dudes you know you need to be you you it's a blessing to be able to do what we do so the least that we can do in return is just be hyper aware of the environment that we're in. Is everyone okay? Is everyone safe? You know, like the artist has just as much responsibility with that as everyone else. You got it. I mean, but you know, let's look at it from the, we don't need to get deep into vaxing versus non-vaxxers, but obviously, as you know, your wonderful home country is having, you know, and you're, wonderful prime minister is having quite some problems right now with all these truckers and everything going on there. I mean, I don't know. What is it? We all need to get on with our lives, right? This is what where we are right now. And for us, yeah. for me... I I mean, no matter what, I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, we've got to keep going. I don't know. Like, Canada's, Canada's a mess. It's, it's like... The thing is, is it's so flip-flop, like, with how it's been, like, dealing with this, that it's, like, it's really affecting people, like, all my family, all my friends, like, anybody I talk to, they are seriously, like, not happy, like, everybody's just miserable, so it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I mean, look at America, like, America's, for the most part, kind of, like, got the hang of it, and, like, I feel like has been doing a pretty good job of handling this, like, I mean, Canada, it's, like, they just, just reopened things. Just reopen things. God, talking about mental and health. Even had to reduce right? capacity. capacity. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's the thing is that mm-hmm. no one's accounting for the actual effects. Like, obviously, the stats for COVID, which are really tragic, are very obvious and in front of you. You know, these many people are have infections right now. These many people have passed away, and, and again, like our hearts go to all of them. But there's so much stuff below the iceberg that we're not really taking into account. You know, the mental health thing. You know, even like domestic abuse with sticking people at home all the time. Like there's so many different aspects to it. And, 
you know, we're firm believers that being together heals things, concerts heal things. And I feel like we're at a point now where we can do this all in a relatively safe manner. So like you said, it's just about time that we get on with it. Yeah. And you know what? You guys have hit the nail on the head. It's like you two for sure spread love, which I love. And you bring joy to so many people. And what is it? What's the world about? Like, there is no better to me. Well, besides vitamin D, but how do you how do you kind of fight mental illness and depression? I mean, it's music, right? I mean, that's the universal language. I mean, it's hysterical when I'm traveling now. I mean, I'm sure you guys have had the same thing where you can go to a hundred different countries and not speak one word of their language, and you guys get up there and start performing, and they know the words to every fucking song. Don't you love it? Like it's the universal yep. healing yep. piece. It's amazing. It is so important. Yep. Yeah. I think. But this isn't even. I mean, it, this isn't even just like a kumbaya thing that we're talking about. You know, this isn't just us being like, "Oh, music heals." Like the science, the, all of the research, the studies that have been done back that up too. It's not just like this really nice lovey-dovey thing that we enjoy saying. It's been proven to have as much of an effect on your brain as like twenty minutes of meditation. So we need to give people the opportunity to access that and embrace that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in talking about access and embrace, I mean, amazing for you guys where body, really, like 891 million streams on Spotify? <laughs> Crazy. Don't you sometimes get it to a billion? What's up? What is it? Get it to a billion. Get it to a billion. All right. Get right. it to we'll, a billion. We will get it there. We will get it there. <laughs> I will I, I want that soup bowl that you can uh, eat cereal out of. I love that. Yeah, the billion. <laughs> How does that make you guys feel? Isn't it a mind game? I mean, this is this is uh, humbled, dude. Yeah. Well, humbled, Andy. Like you got to understand. Like from our perspective, it was just like we came out of college like completely broke. Like I quit my full time job, moved to LA. We didn't have any money. We were basically like living on a very very fixed budget per month. So. I mean, we we moved to LA and like pounded salt and ate shit for three years, basically just trying to make things happen. And like our music, like nobody wanted to sign our music. Like we, we sent body to like almost every label and like nobody wanted it. And that's the crazy thing. And then we released it and it was like completely life-changing. Like completely, it was like night and day, like sharing a, 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 a apartment the size of like the, the room that I'm in right now to like m moving into a house and like, just like a everything being different. Uh, well, you guys, congratulations. You've earned it. I love, you know, I'm always saying, thank you. I get on stage, you know, universities love it when I come and speak because I'm like, Hey, we talk about failure. We talk about the ship, but I say, you know what? Get out there and take a risk. Get out there. These kids are so risk adverse today. They're scared to shit, to do anything out of the norm. I'm like, you know what? What's the worst fucking thing that's going to happen? You're going to move back in with your parents. Well, half the world is doing it anyway. So get out there. Take a risk. Follow yeah. your hearts. Be passionate about what you do. And in the end, the money will follow. And it, you may not be a billionaire, but guess what? You love what you do, and it shows, which is amazing, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it's... Yeah. It is so a important. big lesson that we learned. A big lesson that we learned from that whole experience was that you can talk yourself out of anything. 
Like, I'm sure if body was never released and we were just listening to it right now, we could have like found a way to talk ourselves out of it. You know, oh, maybe this you want to ride in the six lyric is kind of cheesy or oh, this part's kind of silly, you know, but sometimes you just have to go for it because you can literally just justify in your head reasons not to with anything. So you just have to take that chance and then find out what happens. And for every success story like that, there's so many records that we don't talk about that. You know, we released as Loud Luxury before that, that didn't have the same effect. But even if it wasn't, you know, an 800 million stream song, it still helped create this building block that got us to where we are today. You know, so you just got to start somewhere. You got to. And that's, I'm so grateful because guess what? Alexa, she's always like, I'm like, Alexa. And she's like, yeah, I know. Play Loud Luxury. I said, yeah, that's what makes me happy. She's like, I got it. Yeah, your favorite list. I mean, sharing good music. Our number one girl. Hey, man, boy, she's something else. I tell you. Well, okay, guys. So um, we're going to wrap up now with like, I asked the final question, which is like, tell me the time where you guys had to take a big one for the team. Now, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be sexual, guys. You know, it can be. <laughs> it could be just something oh crazy. God. Think of your career of like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times someone would say to me, hey, Andy, there's a, a big event that we would love to talk to you about. But, um, you know, the meetings in San Francisco with a big board and it's next Tuesday. I'm like, next Tuesday? You got to be kidding me. I'm going to be in San Francisco next week. Of course, I wasn't going to be there at fucking all. But I'm like, I'm getting on a fucking plane. I will be at that meeting on Tuesday morning. And, you know, that's kind of taking a big one for the team. You know, I'm not saying I mean, suck every yeah. dick in the neighborhood. But, uh, Joe, what, Joe, <laughs> Joe what, like, when did you go to the extra mile? To touch on what I was saying earlier, like this past weekend, I mean, we didn't sleep. We drove through a blizzard, almost died. Um we we traveled five hours like just to make it to the show and like it really it really translated because like they messaged us today being like i can't believe you guys did that and that meant a lot to us and like like that like literally they sent it like that never happens we never get messages like that after shows and i mean it happens like a lot of the time in what we do like there's been times where we traveled on like a greyhound for like 15 hours just to like get somewhere or we travel to England and back in like the span of 24 hours or Brazil and back to Europe and back to just like make shows happen. And I mean, our track record's pretty good right now. I think we've only missed like, like we got COVID over uh, in December and, but that's like a different circumstance I feel like, but in terms of like actually missing flights and like missing shows for like, those types of reasons, it's like we're making this like one or two or something like that because of like canceled flights and there's absolutely no way to get there. That's pretty amazing. Andrew. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason that we're here today in our career is because we constantly would take one for the team. You know, like Joe was saying, taking these ridiculous, I remember this 15 hour Greyhound trip that we took from Toronto to Milwaukee because it was the only way we could get there because we couldn't afford to fly. A lot of people would just say, hey, you know, that show's not worth it for us. Sorry. But we understand the importance of showing up and the value of being there and the way that it has built our career. So, you know, with all these crazy times of no sleep, and even I remember back in college, you know, like literally sleeping in a bathtub at our friend's place or 
literally like sleeping on the floor with a jacket on you, um, you know, just to go like play in a college town because we didn't really have anywhere to stay. All of that has paid it forward, you know. All of that has, you know, created a new fan somewhere. So a lot of this whole taking one for the team thing, I think, is something that, you know, it defines us as loud luxury. I we haven't had to do anything crazy for water yet, fortunately. Okay, good. But All right, good. These well, crazy road trips and these crazy places we've slept, hopefully, does the trick. Uh, I love that. And you guys, I mean, you said it earlier, being humble, you know, and I say to everybody, my hashtag and everything is, you know, spread love. And I think being humble is so important. And I was taught at a young age, you know, we're all the same in this world. Like, no one is any better than anybody else. And you have to treat everybody with respect. I know that I drive some people crazy because I go into a restaurant and I ask the server's name. And then I say, okay, Jane. And then I repeat her name 411 times during the meal. But you know what? <laughs> it's a nice thing to do. And I like... Jane, I got to get better with that. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised. <laughs> they'll, they'll do anything for you at that point, probably to get you to shut up and leave. But... At, for the most part, they're so kind and they're like, I'm not ever, you know, it's, it can be really distressing when a typical New Yorker, an older New Yorker can be really rude to servers and it's just a bad habit. It's horrible and I have no respect for it and I will often call across a table when I hear a couple being rude to a server and I'll say, excuse me, I'm, where are you, why are you being so rude? And of course the server looks at me like, oh my God, is he, this guy really? But I'm like, I got nothing to lose. I'm Andy King from the Fire Festival. Like, hey, it couldn't get any worse for me. <laughs> like, why are you being so rude? People love that. But on that topic, quickly, guys. So when I announce the next festival, which is going to happen, what do you think the response? You know, and I'll be honest, like, there's been a few of my Hollywood friends that their publicist has said, you know, until Andy like clears his name again completely and produces another festival that's flawless, like we just can't align with him completely. And as you guys know, once again, I flew in with six weeks to save that stupid festival. I wasn't planning on it for six months. I didn't have any time. Like there were no bathrooms. There's no electricity. There was nothing. I mean, I, I feel like I still did a pretty damn good job with what I was handed. But at the end of the day, you know, obviously, the outcome. Um, and the power of social media, obviously, the orange tile being incredible. But then that effing cheese sandwich that brought me down like the Titanic. I mean, and of course, that was all one-sided once again, because that cheese sandwich <laughs> was not for the guests. That cheese sandwich was for my employees to eat. But when some of the kids got drunk and dinner wasn't ready, I said, go over into the employee tent and ask Max. Tell him, Andy said, you could have a sandwich. Little did I know that I heard 600... that got made an NFT. Did it? I see the NFT. Uh, apparently, yeah. but you should definitely be getting a piece of that. I'm telling you, well, this is a whole... Okay, so you're touching on another topic, obviously, which is like the crypto world, which you're about to learn you know, a little more about as well in my life. But um, with this, you know reputation it's just be fascinating like if someone calls parker and's like okay andy's about to produce this next big festival are you guys in i'm i i don't know why i worry about some of the world going oh steer clear of that thing and i'm like wait a minute like i am not billy mcfarland like i am not i am the guy that will do anything to make anything work and i'm hoping that when i make i just hope that work, we're a part of it okay good absolutely and 
we may have an initial party before the big one, which you guys are going to have to be at, and we may end up having a party in the Bahamas, but everybody will be going over on a cruise ship probably and coming home on a cruise ship, so we'll have control over what's going on there, but we will keep you... Doing it the right way this time. We're going to do it the right way. Everything. As long as we're playing, I'm happy. Okay, perfect. All right, so guys, um, what's the best way to follow you on social media? At that luxury. Across the board. board. Everywhere. TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. Loud Luxury. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. And you guys bring such joy and such light to so many people. And I love that. Thanks for bringing joy and light to me today. Um, and Andy, let's, thank you so much. Andy, thank you for having us, man. You're welcome. And um, we're going to be in touch about a date for Vegas. So Craig and I are going to fly out. And uh, yeah, we'll be... Uh, yes. You let us know, and just all I have to say is prepare your liver. Okay, prepare my liver. Absolutely. We will make that happen. Okay, you guys. Well, stay safe, stay healthy, keep spreading the love, and we will talk soon. Lots of love, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for being on Fully Prepared. This is a Podcast Now production.